what is up y'all i am back i know who even am i how dare i here's the thing okay i needed the break i really did and like you know i didn't give up on my podcasting it was just a short break and like i said in my new year's resolution episode it is okay to take breaks when you need breaks as long as they're only temporary as long as you come back to it that's what counts right but I did. I had to. Your girl was struggling. I had to put it on pause. But I have so much to update you guys on. And most of that update, I mean, biggest update is kind of what this whole episode is about, quite honestly. Um, So if you have not heard by now, if you didn't see my Instagram post or if I haven't been talking to you about it, um, I am pregnant. So yay. Um... We're super, super excited about it. I'm finally starting to get a little pot belly that shows, like it actually will show through some shirts now. And I mean, it still just looks like I'm bloated and like I'm uh, I'm a little chunky cheese curd girl, but I'm very excited about it. So yeah, um, that's my big news. If you didn't see it on Instagram, that's okay. I was kind of sneaky about it. So we, you know, we had told, like, close family friends and family members, obviously, um, and I was, it was, like, kind of at the point where it's, like, okay, let's tell other people, and I was okay telling other people, like, coworkers, acquaintances, whatever, but I was also, I was, like, oh, it's still a little weird for me to just come out and say, like, hey, random person, person I don't really like, I'm pregnant. That was still kind of weird just because it was such a personal thing for me at the time, especially. So I was kind of sneaky about it on Instagram and I did um, the bare minimum, I would say, that counts as an open public reveal without it being that open or public. So I, (laughs) I took a video of Marshmallow and in the video I say like, hey, Marshy, you're always the center of attention, blah, 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 but not anymore. Like, Someone else is going to come steal all the thunder. And then I pan over to the ultrasound picture. And then I pan back to Bubba. And in the cover photo, I put just an adorable screenshot of Marshy's face with the little blep. And the caption said, I don't know, something generic about Marshmallow. So just by glancing at it, you wouldn't know it's a pregnancy reveal. Um, You know, I didn't do the whole like blatant photo of the ultrasound or the hands on the belly with the hashtag pregnant, hashtag blessed, hashtag plus one, hashtag expecting, hashtag October 23, hashtag blah, 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 you know? Because I just, I don't know. It was still very, very new and personal to me. And I just, I wasn't personally quite ready for that sort of openness yet. So I did a little sneaky sneaky also because I'm kind of sneaky like that, I was like, let's see who actually watches my video. You know what I mean? I'm like, let's see who actually takes the time to watch my video with the audio on all the way through. You know, I I don't know, okay? It's my problem. I'm working on it. But yes, I am pregnant. So let's just jump into that, right? This is going to be about pregnancy, my journey so far. Um, and also, This is going to be just like my take with generational trauma, parental expectations. You can expect another episode, I'm sure, about this topic. This is another one that will probably easily be a few-part series that I will continue to come back on and address more. 
But y'all know me. It's a topic that's taboo. Nobody wants to talk about it out loud. It's frowned upon socially. So, perfect, perfect topic for me to jump into, especially after a little bit of a little holiday break when I was throwing my guts up three times a day. I was miserable, dude. That's the other thing. I'll probably do a whole nother episode on that because otherwise it's going to be way too long. The unrealistic expectations that we tell other women, good lord, all these mothers out there lying. When they say this is the best, most beautiful thing you'll ever do in your life, lying. That shit's miserable. I was miserable. I was, your girl was struggling. I was not doing okay. From week six until, honestly, week 13, week 14, even now I'll throw up, like, it's kind of one and off, but it'll be like at least once or twice a week I'll throw up, but it's not as brutal as it was before, but literally before that, week six through whatever, it was gnarly. And people don't tell you that. But I'm going to focus on the getting to the pregnancy piece. So, like I said, no one wants to talk about this. No one feels comfortable talking about this out loud. To include myself. Um, But I think it's important. And not even just infertility in itself. But also just the straight up challenges of getting pregnant. Because I think there is an important distinction between the two that we never make as a society. So let's just, let's just start here, okay? And <laughs> blanket statement, bottom line up front, it is not actually easy to get pregnant. It's not. Sure, if the stars are aligned, sometimes if things happen, good or bad, it can sometimes just happen unexpectedly and immediately and in one night. But that is definitely not the standard That is not necessarily quote-unquote normal. And so, I'm going to get pretty personal. I am going to get pretty vulnerable in this episode, to be honest. Um, But I think it's important to share because nobody told me this. And it would have helped me if I did hear someone tell me this. Well ahead of time. It would have helped me. I wish somebody told me this. So, that's why I'm going to share it with you guys. Hopefully, y'all glean what you can from it. And if there's someone like me out there listening, then hopefully you can take it to heart. So, Daniel and I, I mean more than me, but we had a timeline of when we wanted kids. We talked about it. I had it planned out. The whole shebang, right? The one, two, three, five, ten year plan. And... I was all prepped for it. I cycled off all my antidepressants about three, four months before I intended to get pregnant just to be on the safe side. I'm like, let's test it out. Let's let's start prepping to prep for pregnancy, right? And so we were in early January of 2022. Then I got off my birth control Nexplanon. That, that's the, the bar that goes in your arm that feels all weird. I got it taken out. So in my head... January 2022, I was emotionally prepared to get pregnant and start that journey. I was prepping for that. That was in my timeline. I was quote unquote ready, right? Was I actually ready? We'll never know. But in my head, I was like, okay, take this out of my arm. If I get pregnant tomorrow, it won't be a surprise. It won't be a shock. It won't be, oh no, this is too soon. I was 
emotionally ready for that aspect, right? And that was an expectation, to be honest. I thought, okay, I'm young, I'm healthy, I'm not diagnosed with PCOS or endometriosis or anything like that. There's no reason why I wouldn't get pregnant right away because that's what happens, right? So I'm talking to the doctor. I'm like, all right, let's start the prenatals. Let's do this. Let's do that. Let's take the next blend on out. He takes it out and I say, okay, doc, I know everyone's different. And, you know, I know you can't answer with definitive sureness, but how soon can I expect to get pregnant? And he was an older doctor. Um, He was nice. And he was like, oh, you're young, you're healthy. You could get pregnant in a week. He was like, give it a week for the extra hormones to, you know, from the birth control to get out of your system. You'll be set. He was like, I won't be surprised if you're pregnant a week from now. So fueled by that medical advice, I believed that. I fully expected to get pregnant. I started tracking my ovulation dates, I stopped drinking, I was thinking about baby names and when my out-processing would start because, you know, then I would do an early separation because I would be pregnant by June and then this and then that and then I'll have nine months, three months of maternity leave and then this much and then, and then Daniel will get, everything was lined up, right? And I remember it so vividly because we went to a wedding and it was, it was at that time where you're waiting, where it's like after the ovulation date, but you're waiting a few more extra days to get that positive pregnancy test for the missed period. And I was honestly, I was convinced that I was pregnant because why wouldn't I be, right? I was sneaking Daniel my drink so no one would notice I wasn't drinking and I'm like, ha ha ha, I'm so sneaky. You know, all these people have no idea I'm pregnant. It's our little secret. And then the negative pregnancy test came. And I cried, for sure. I was disappointed. I felt like I wasted the whole open bar at the wedding. I was bummed out. And then my period came at a super weird time and I was like, oh, okay, that's why. Like, it's still early, you know, I'm just not regulated yet. That's why. I'm just taking a couple weeks to get back into the swing of things instead of the one week that the doctor basically promised me, you know. And then now we're in February and I started getting my period when I was supposed to. It was consistent. I was reading more about tips and tricks. I bought the ovulation tests. I started tracking that. I was like, yeah, I was so naive back then. We've got it in the bag now. Like, we're set. And then the negative test came. And when I tell you I bawled my eyes out, I honestly, I don't remember the last time I cried that hard, realistically. Like, I kind of broke down, not going to lie. I ugly cried for a couple days. Next month, negative. Now I'm starting to panic. What's wrong? What am I doing wrong? What is Daniel doing wrong? Why is it not happening? It should be happening by now. This person got pregnant on the first try. Why not me? And then negative the next month. And the next month. And the next month. It absolutely caused some digs in our marriage between me and Daniel. Even though we both tried hard for it not to. And we both said, we're like, hey, this is really tough on a marriage because it's very difficult to go through this and not find fault in ourselves and each other. It was very, very difficult. And even though we both acknowledged that and we said, hey, 
this tears marriages apart. We have to be careful against this. It's still, it was still happening. And by the summer and fall of 2022, I was taking it so personally. Because here's the thing, I'm spicy and independent. We know this, right? I'm very confident and comfortable in my identity, in my womanhood, and on my masculine side. But when society has conditioned you from birth that women are meant to be mothers, we're made to create life, our purpose is to have babies, that's what we do. When that's so ingrained in your head, and then when you can't get pregnant or you don't get pregnant, you feel this overwhelming twinge of panic, honestly, is just the best way I can describe it. It's like a panic that you aren't woman enough, that something is wrong with you because you can't do what you're genetically wired to do. I took it very personally. I cried so many times over those dang tests. I spent so much money on those dang tests every single month. And at the, realistically, looking back big picture, we were only trying for six to eight, ten months at that time. Other couples try for years and are not successful. And the military won't even test you for any fertility issues until you've been trying for a year. So we just kept trying and I kept, you know, trying to focus on my other stuff to distract me. And by the end of it, I was, I was just so tired of being hopeful. I was tired of being optimistic because getting my hopes up and being let down yet again, it was getting very painful, honestly. I was tired of that sinking heart feeling every single month when you try and say, okay, if it doesn't happen, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. But deep down, you're still like, please be two lines. And it doesn't happen. And then you just get more upset because you did get your hopes up inadvertently. I was just, I was tired of being disappointed. And then finally, January of 2023, a full year later, I finally got the positive test. And here I am, almost 16 weeks after that. Things are still going good, so I'm very, I'm very thankful for that. Little baby is healthy, hopefully happy. I don't know how happy she is, but you know, hopefully she's happy. But when I look back at it, it took a year, yeah. It felt like a very long time, yes, but that's the average time that I know now. I didn't know then, but that's the average time it takes for trying couples to get pregnant. That's normal. That's average. And I wish I knew that coming into this. I wish my doctor had would have said, hey, maybe you'll get pregnant early, but expect about a year. This is very common if it takes a year or more. Don't be discouraged if it doesn't happen immediately because it just might not. But I never had those clear expectations. Nobody ever told me. Because here's the other thing. Quite honestly, I didn't know much at all about my own body and the pregnancy ovulation process. I didn't know that you have a 12 to 24 hour window, maybe, maybe once a month to get pregnant. But that's not guaranteed. But you have a 12 to 24 hour window. That is it. And in high school, they use scare tactics to try and limit teenage pregnancies. They make it sound like if you sit on a guy's lap for too long, that you'll get pregnant. And I thought maybe it was like, okay, well, you know, I'm from the Midwest. Like, 
maybe I just got a bad education experience. Like, you know, maybe other people got it better. And I talked to Daniel about his sex ed experience because he's, you know, he's from Cali. It's a liberal state. And I was like, hey, what was your high school sex ed like? And he said, what sex ed? They tell us about STDs you can catch and they give you free condoms and say, hey, your body's changing, but that's fine. That's it. They didn't even do the condom on the banana thing. He didn't know girls only ovulate maybe once a month. He didn't know that you can only get pregnant if the timing is aligned with the ovulation date, but any other time during that cycle, you cannot get pregnant. He would be like, oh, I'm tired tonight. How about tomorrow or this weekend? And I would be like, um, no, sir, it doesn't work like that. Like it's now or next month, basically. We didn't know anything. Nobody told us. And and that's why I say I think it's a big distinction between infertility versus just the general struggling with the perception that you you maybe won't get pregnant immediately. Because technically, by definition, Daniel and I didn't have any infertility issues. We got pregnant in a year. That's normal. It just literally takes that long to get pregnant. That's the average. But I'll tell you right now, those emotions I was feeling were very real. And infertility is, you know, for those with true medical diagnoses that affect the ability of the body to get pregnant. Or, and or... If you're trying for well over a year with no success is usually a sign that there's some underlying condition that is affecting the infertility. And the other thing that was really tough for me with this whole process was I felt like I was just kind of on my own about it all too. Because like I said, nobody told me any of these things and I didn't feel like I could really talk to anybody about it. You know, there were a couple people that went through kind of the same thing we were. And so that was helpful, but it wasn't exactly the same. Because, I mean, it is. It's awkward. It's awkward to say, hey, friend, me and my husband are doing the dirty like clockwork. And, and it's tough to announce, hey, we're really trying, but we can't get pregnant for month after month after month after month. And should it be like that? No. But is it? Yes. Realistically, there are those social pressures that I felt, so I know other people felt them too. It is a taboo subject. It is awkward. It is something that you don't normally talk about. That's something you just repress down and bury down. And, you know, thankfully there weren't too many people pressuring us, at least not me. Maybe they came up to Daniel with me not there that I don't know about, but there weren't too many people putting those pressures on us to have kids without knowing the backstory of us trying, because that would have made it even tougher, you know, if we were getting those comments all the time. But I, I know, I know that happens all the time. I see it even in the Love is Blind reunion that I watched, don't judge me, but I did watch it. And I, yes, it, and freaking. Vanessa Lachey being like, when are you guys going to have a baby? Are you trying? Are you trying? Are you trying? Are you trying? When are you going to have a baby? And I was saying, ma'am, you have no idea what these people are going through. You think they want to announce on live TV? Hey, yeah, um, I'm 36, so I'm struggling with infertility. I wanted to be a mother so badly, and I mentioned it on the entire show, and now it's a year later, but 
We're going to focus on ourselves. We're going to focus on our marriage. We're focusing on our career. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe in the future. To me, those are all clear telltale signs of I am not comfortable sharing this with you, especially not on live TV. And in my head, probably overthinking it, I do it all the time. But I interpret that as thanks for bringing up a sore subject I'm going to go cry about tonight because we do really want kids and we are trying our darndest and it's just not happened for us yet. So thank you for adding some more salt to the wound, Vanessa Lachey. But that's sidebar comment. Um, But yeah, it's so difficult when you get those comments. And, you know, some people would ask us like, oh, are you guys thinking of kids or do you want kids one day? Which, that's not the worst thing, I don't think. I think that can just be coming from a good heart. If someone says, do you want kids? They're not saying, you're going to have kids, right? When are you going to have kids? Oh, it's time for kids. To me, or at least the people that asked me, do you want to have kids? That was just them, you know, that was just them asking a caring question. And then, you know, at the five years ago, I said, no, we don't want kids right now. We want them later. And they'll be like, okay cool, good story. If they don't accept that, then that's on them. They're terrible human beings. But they were always, for the most part, you know, maybe they just knew not to push my buttons too much because I would, I don't know. But who knows? But if you are getting those comments and if you're struggling with trying to get pregnant, my heart does go out to you because I could, I could never put up with that, especially with, uh uh-uh, there's no way. There's no way. And I mean, the ultimate moral of this story, you never know what someone's struggling with. So please never, ever, never ask them about kids or when they're going to have them or any sort of pressuring like that because you just don't know. You just don't know. And don't push kids too because even though I, I want kids and I tried to get pregnant for a year and then it finally happened, like I still, that's me. And I can separate, okay, my journey and my experience with this from yours. So if someone is like, I don't want a kid. I got pregnant. I wish I didn't. Now I'm scared. I'm going to get rid of the pregnancy. I'll be like, okay, that's, you know, that's the best choice for you. I support that. Because I think at first, sometimes some of my friends, they were like, ooh, you're pregnant. You're excited about it. So I can't share my negative experiences with it. And that is not the case at all. Please don't take what I'm saying to mean that because I do I do wholly support whatever your journey is I'm just saying from my perspective if you are trying please know that you're not alone Uh, please feel free to reach out I can give you my extra ovulation tests I've got this tea that's called fertility which is amazing marketing but side note it's just good it's just like mint flavored it's supposed to boost your nutrients I don't know um or if you just want someone to hear your frustrations because like I said I have been there and I promise you you are not alone in this journey but that's all I've got for y'all today um if you're a guy and you've gotten all the way through this thank you be supportive of your partner like I said there was a lot of stuff Daniel had not a clue on And I think it would have been good for him to know ahead of time, like, hey, there's this thing called ovulation. This is the time frame in the window. This is why it matters. Because it is a partner thing. And just so you can know what they're going through. Because 
like I said, I, I surprised myself with that because I never, ever, ever in a million years would have thought that I would struggle with not feeling like a true woman, as corny as that sounds. I never thought that would be something I experienced ever because I am so painfully hyper-independent. But it, it really was. I was, and I was like, I, sh- I like startled myself because I was like, oh my God, I feel insufficient. Like I literally, I just feel like less than par. And that was, that was crazy to experience. Absolutely bizarre. But it does, it's, it's a journey, right? It's, it's definitely a challenge. And so if you are a guy, please support your partner in this journey do what you can to support them and to make them feel reassured but yeah that is all i will catch y'all next week make good choices be a decent human being support each other just be nice to each other you know that's all we can ask for okay bye